0: Welcome to The Awesome Pod makes you are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema. Today I'll be talking about Marvel Studios Loki season 2 episode 5. Whether Marvel creates movies or TV shows, they are all cinematic. This episode's title is Science Fiction written by Eric Martin. The episode is directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorehead. It's the sixth series with a Kevin Feige production credit after Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, She Hulk Attorney at Law, and Secret Invasion. The episode begins with a white flash that fades into an extreme close-up of Loki's closed eyes. The eyes were shut because of the blinding light of the melting temporal loom. When Loki opens his eyes, tears fall down his cheeks. He looks around the loom room. Everyone has disappeared. He walks around the empty hallways of the TVA. You know what happens when a character is lost at the TVA, they arrive at the automat with pies. Loki does too woman on pa says tva code 1229 failsafe mode initiated just then loki time slips woman on pa continues thank you for your service loki is right outside the holding area where brad was tortured loki says no 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 this is not happening again loki time slips and appears at the chrono bay He spots another Loki sporting the same jacket and looking at the TVA handbook. Loki says, Hello? Loki time slips and disappears. He reappears outside the holding area. We now see a POV shot of Loki stepping out of the elevator, arriving at Chrono Bay. He walks up to one of the desks, picks up the TVA handbook and flips through the pages. He hears someone saying hello, so he turns to look. Of course, it was Loki saying hello before he time-slipped. Loki responds, Hello? When Loki turns back to look at the chrono Bay, it starts to spagerify. Loki puts the TVA handbook in his jacket pocket. Loki time-slips again before everything spagerifies. Loki title sequence begins. Toward the end of the sequence, the letter L disappears, then the letter K disappears and then I, leaving the remaining letter O. Finally, all the letters of Loki reappear. It's also foreshadowing what's going to happen in this episode. Outside a federal penitentiary, the text appears. 1962 San Francisco, California, Branch Timeline. It's the Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary. Paper-maché dummy heads resembling the inmates are kept in their beds. We see Casey slipping from under his bed. Casey is trying to escape the prison with two other inmates. The prison inmates are John Anglin played by Justin Benson and Clarence Anglin played by Aaron Moorhead. They are the director duo of this episode. I want to give a special shout out to Kasra Farahani for his absolutely impeccable production design. So Casey's name is Frank Morris. Frank, John and Clarence drag an inflatable raft out. They stop when they hear a sound in the distance. It's the sound of Loki time-slipping. Casey slash Frank says, Let's go, hurry up. If they catch us, they're gonna gut us like fish. That's a line similar to what Loki said to Casey in the episode Glorious Purpose. Give me the tesseract or I'll gut you like a fish, Casey. We were like, "Oh, Casey doesn't know what a fish is. He must visit an aquarium or the sea. It's such a cool callback. I can't even. Loki time slips and reappears. He calls out to Casey saying, Casey, okay. Casey, thank God you're here. Is everyone here? Casey doesn't recognize Loki, Loki is like, not again. Neither of them know how they got here. Casey dismisses Loki, Loki time clips and disappears. This prison escape is a reference to a real-life incident in San Francisco, California, June 1962. Anglin brothers and Frank Morris escaped from Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary. It was a maximum security prison located on Alcatraz Island in San Francisco Bay. Late on the night of June 11, the three men tucked papier-mâché heads resembling their own in their beds. They broke out of prison via ventilation ducts and utility corridor. They departed the island aboard an improvised inflatable raft to an uncertain fate. No conclusive evidence has ever surfaced favouring the success or failure of the attempt. As far as Frank Morris's backstory is concerned, he was orphaned at the age of 11 and lived in foster homes. He was arrested for various criminal offences including narcotics possession, armed robbery, car theft and grand larceny. If this is Casey's origin story, I feel terrible for him. Loki appears outside McDonald's. He time slips again, disappears and appears outside Piranha Power Spots. He time slips to the TVA Theatre 25. Loki disappears. Cut to a doctor's waiting room. The text appears. 2012 New York Branch Timeline. Hunter B-15 is examining a kid at Roger Willis Children's Clinic. I guess she's a paediatrician. 2012 is the year when the events of the first Avengers took place and the events of Time Heist from Avengers Endgame. B-15 slash the doctor walks out of the patient's room and reacts surprised. She just witnessed Loki time slipping and disappearing. We see Mobius pretending to ride the jet ski with wind in his hair. I would say we got this shot because of budget constraints. They did manage to get a giant fan to blow wind in his hair. The text appears. 2022 Cleveland, Ohio Branch Timeline Working for the Weekend by Loverboy Plays. Mobius' real name is Don. Don's son calls him on the office landline. Don says he'll call him back. There's a dirt bike enthusiast at Piranha Power Sports eating donuts. This role is played by Isaac Bauman who's also the DOP of this episode. Loki time slips and appears at Piranha Power Sports, spots Mobius in the window and walks up to him. I'm having trouble calling Mobius Don. He'll always be Mobius for me. Mobius has two sons whose calls he's been ignoring. Damn, Mobius, don't tell me you were a terrible parent who ignored his children. Cut to a bookstore. The text appears. 1994 Pasadena, California branch timeline. We see a hand pulling out a book from the shelves. The book's title is The Zartan Contingent by A.D. Duck, Ph.D. This book appears in the end credits alongside ki Week Kwan's credit. So, Obi is a science fiction writer who wrote this book. I should have made that guess sooner. The book is not selling. So, he's putting the books in the bookstore and buying it himself. A.D. Doug is shown the door. He collects his books to walk out the door. As he opens the door to walk out, the books fall to the ground. He's just as clumsy as I am. Oh, Obi, I'm so sorry I doubted you. Cut to an abandoned warehouse. We see various post-its just like in the end credits. This is Obi slash AD Doug's workspace. It's the exact same set as TVA's repairs and advancement. But you know, in its initial stages. Did Obi build the TVA? Eh? Loki time slips and appears before Obi. Obi reacts scared and falls to the ground along with his books. Loki says, what I'm about to tell you is going to be hard to believe. To Loki's surprise, Obi says, of course I believe you. It's a dream come true. One of my characters has come to life and needs my help. This reminds me of what happens in the Sons of Yorin. Hang on, what is the story of the Sons of Yorin? Is that a reference to Odin, Thor, and Loki? Loki realizes Obi is a science fiction writer. The book slips from Loki's hand thinking he's doomed. Is that a universal reaction of people toward writers? Obi reveals he had to get a PhD to keep his day job of teaching theoretical physics at Caltech. Caltech reminded me of Bruno. I hope AD Doug gets to teach Bruno at Caltech. Obi wants to quit and write full time. I totally get you, Obi. It's hard to write full-time without financial security. What happens next in the scene is so cleverly written. Totally applause-worthy. Loki explains his situation to Obi. Loki needs to go back in time before the temporal loom meltdown. Obi says, You can't. It's impossible. But don't let that stop you. Loki reacts confused. Obi continues, you time travelled in a place that has no time, right? For the first time, it's mentioned that TVA is outside of time. Obi continues, that's not possible. Loki replies, I know. Now, Obi says, so you're travelling to a place that doesn't exist anymore. It's equally impossible and therefore it's something you might be able to do. Loki replies, sure, excellent, yeah, makes total sense doesn't sound like science. Obi corrects him. No, but it does sound like fiction. You need to learn how to control your time slipping. Loki says, I can't control it. I can't just make it happen. It's, it's random. Obi points out, but it's not random because you keep ending up around exactly the people you're looking for and it's evolving because you're not just slipping in time. I paused the show and said, you are slipping in space-time. Obi says, you're also moving around in space. It's like you are a better version of one of those temp pads. Loki shakes his head and says, you make it sound like it's a good thing. Obi explains, with science, it's all about what and how. But with fiction, it's why. So why do you need to do this? I love this classification between science and fiction. It's such wonderful piece of writing. Loki needs to do this because if he can't save the TVA from being destroyed, there will be nothing to protect against what's coming. Obi says, Well, if that's the real why that's guiding you, you should be able to control it. So go ahead. Loki tries very hard, but he is not able to time slip. Just like all our friends, Obi thinks Loki must be doing something wrong. Time slipping is the answer. Loki wants Obi to focus on the science. Obi tries to trigger Loki's time clipping by using a taser and scaring him but it doesn't work. Loki wants to know how he can get to the TVA when the TVA doesn't exist. Obi thinks Loki doesn't know where to look. Well, you're standing right there. We've never seen an establishing exterior shot of the TVA. Where does it exist in space and time? We've seen the exterior shot of the Citadel at the end of time, but not the TVA. Obi explains that all of Loki's friends have a temporal aura. If they get the band back together, their collective aura at the moment in time will be like coordinates. Loki thinks maybe then they'll be able to time travel to a place that doesn't exist. Obi's response is no. Loki questions why. Obi says, Because you don't have one of those stem pads you talked about. Well, Sylvie has he who remains his stem pad. Loki checks with Obi if he can build one. Obi is apprehensive because without any knowledge of how it works, he would have to invent it all from scratch. It could take a whole lifetime. Loki realizes he took the TVA handbook. He checks his jacket pocket and takes out the TVA handbook. Loki says, what if you had the knowledge? Obi looks at the TVA handbook and questions, what's that? Loki's like, you tell me you wrote it. Obi responds, I did, Loki says you did. There's one at every desk at the TVA. Obi believes he wrote a bestseller. Without making eye contact, Loki responds, sure. Oh, Obi. When Loki says let's get to work, he time clips. Though so his purpose was to hand over the TVA handbook to Obi, he couldn't time slip before that. With Loki disappearing, Obi reacts. Oh, that's a problem. Loki time slips and appears outside Mobius slash suburban home. Loki tidies his hair, pulls up his jacket collar and moves toward Mobius. Dawn's kids are twins named Kevin and Sean. Kevin is lighting a match to everything including a toy that resembles a Minuteman. Sean wants a pet snake, kinda like Loki and Thor. When Loki greets Mobius, Mobius thinks he followed him home. Mobius checks with Loki if he's still in the market. Oh buddy, he's heartbroken and single and available for you. Mobius slash Dawn shows Loki the jet ski he wants to sell. When Mobius says his wife is long gone, does he mean she left him or she's dead? Loki looks at the jet skis and says, A beautiful union of form and function. That's what Mobius said in Season 1, Episode 2. Loki comes clean that he's not here to buy the jet skis. Loki calls Don Mobius saying that's his real name. He belongs in a place called the TVA. I disagree, Loki. His real name is Don and he belongs with his kids. Mobius is about to hit Loki with a wrench when Obi walks through a time door. Firstly, how did Obi know where to find Loki unless Loki told him about all the four locations? Loki reacts. What? How did you build a Tempad so fast? It's a large prototype Tempad, and Obi calls it temporal access device. Obi thinks 19 months isn't fast. He had to take a break and move out when he lost his job and his wife left him. Who was his wife? And who was Mobius' wife? Did Don ever fall in love with Rebecca Tormone because she lived in Fremont, Ohio? I mean, it's just one and a half hours away from Cleveland. Obi asks, So what now? Loki tells Mobius, I promise you, this will make sense. This is exactly what Loki told Sylvie in the previous episode. Loki, Obi and Mobius try to walk through the time door but it doesn't work. Loki explains how Mobius works for the Time Variance Authority. How Mobius saved his life and saw something in him that he never saw in himself. Mobius questions, Are you really my friend? Loki responds, I am. Mobius pointing at Obi asks, Who's he? Is he my friend too? Loki says, He will be. Mobius, of course, doesn't remember. It's complicated for Loki to explain. Loki needs Mobius' help to save the TVA. Mobius doesn't want to leave his kids. That's understandable. Loki assures Mobius that the kids will be fine. How? How would they be fine? How? What do you know? Loki promises he can bring Mobius to any point in time. His kids won't even notice he's gone. But Mobius would know. Loki says, all of existence is in grave danger. Now why would Mobius care about that? Loki says, and your boys are in danger too. I can't keep them safe unless you help me. Dom thinks Mobius is a cool name. Loki walks through the time door to Roger Willis Children's Clinic in 2012. Loki tells the doctor slash B-15, this is gonna sound strange. We see Casey and his prison inmates on the shore. Loki walks through the time door. At A.D. Doug's workspace, Obi is fixing the tempad, and Mobius is drinking hot cocoa, I guess. Dr. Willis slash B-15 picks up a book. Casey steals some device from the workspace. Now they just need to get Sylvie. Sylvie walks out of her McDonald's. When she puts her takeout at the back of a pickup truck to open the truck door, the takeout spaghettifies and disappears. Sylvie notices and reacts. When she turns, Loki walks through a time door. Loki says, This is gonna sound strange. I know you don't know who I am. Sylvie says, Loki, of course I know who you are. Loki says, What? You do? Sylvie says, Why wouldn't I? Loki replies, Because nobody else did. Their lives were reset after the loom. Sylvie says, Yeah, I know, I was there. Loki says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this isn't how I thought the scene was gonna play out. Sylvie says, No, what exactly were you expecting? Loki time slips again. Sylvie asks Loki to get in the car so she can buy him a drink. As they get in the car, Brad's voice pours in. ZENIAC CRAVES BLOOD. The voice is coming from a ZENIAC arcade game in the bar. Loki tells Sylvie that the others don't remember their TVA lives. Their TVA lives were taken from them. Loki, you're saying the opposite. Their real lives were taken from them. Sylvie says they're finally back in their real lives. That's a good thing. Exactly my point. Sylvie calls out bartender Eric for a drink. I thought it was a reference to the writer Eric Martin, but the name of the actor who plays the bartender is Eric Colvin. Loki calls Sylvie selfish. Why is she selfish? Because she wants to live? Because she gave everyone the life they had? Sylvie asks Loki, what is it that you really want? Sylvie orders two bourbons. Loki replies, I want my friends back. I don't want to be alone. Oh, Loki, baby, I want to give you a hug. Sylvie says, See, we're both selfish. Eric serves the two shots of bourbon to Sylvie and Loki. Sylvie says, I know this is hard, but your friends are back where they belong. Loki says, But without them, where do I belong? Oh, honey, you belong in my heart. Sylvie says, We're writing our own stories now. Sylvie gulps down her bourbon. Sylvie says, Go write yours. Sylvie leaves. Now we see that Loki's bourbon has disappeared. First the food, then the drink. Is it all gonna appear in some other place in space and time? Maybe the void? Back at A.D. Doug's workspace, we realize B-15's name is Dr. Willis. From the end credits, we learn that her full name is Verity Willis. She's supposedly Loki's best friend and a human lie detector in the comics. Mobius checks with B-15 if she gets out on the water at all. He tries to sell her a jet ski as well. Mobius feels water is a great way to unplug or reset. Reset, you say? I agree. Loki walks in disappointed to AD Doug's workspace through a time door. Loki says, you should all go home. How did Loki use the time door from the other side without the temp pad? At a record store, Love Don't Live Here Anymore by Rose Royce Plays. Sylvie enters the record store. Lyle, the store owner, gives her a record. It's Oh Sweet Nothing by The Velvet Underground. She puts the record to play. Another customer enters the shop through the door and disappears from existence. Lyle's coffee mug that reads Take Me disappears. He pours the coffee on the table by mistake. The flowing coffee spaghettifies. We see a reflection of everything outside the record store spaghettifying. The spaghettification engulfs the entire record store. Lyle runs towards Sylvie, yells out her name and extends his hand to help her, but he spaghettifies. As the record spins, the camera circles around everything that spaghettifies. Sylvie is unaffected by all of this. She uses he who remains his temp pad and walks through a time door. At AD Doug's workspace, everyone questions Loki why he's giving up. What about the TVA? Loki says they're fine without it. Sylvie enters through the time door. She says, No, they aren't. Everything is falling apart. The branches are dying. Mobius questions, What does that mean? Sylvie says, I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but there must be something we can do. Loki suggests we can go back. We can stop the loom from melting down. Obi, we're all here. Obi is ready with the plan, but the tempat spaghettifies. Now Casey starts to spagerify. Loki questions, what do we do? Obi starts to spaghettify. As Obi spaghettifies, he says, it was a fiction problem. Mobius runs because he wants to get back to his boys. Unfortunately, he spaghettifies. Dr. Willis questions, Is this it? Even she spaghettifies. Sylvie says, There's nowhere left to go. Sylvie spaghettifies. So does he who remains a stamp pad also spaghettify? Does that land in the void somehow? Loki tries to grab the strands of the spaghetti as everyone's voice echoes around him. Loki screams in agony and everything around him starts to reverse. Loki time slips back to a few minutes earlier when Sylvie comes through the time door. The scene replays with minor changes. Loki says, I did it. Sylvie asks, Did what? Loki replies, I controlled it. Obi asks, You learned to control your time slipping? Loki says, Yes. It's not about where, when or why. I legit paused the show and started to think what the next line would be. It's about who? And my guess was correct. Loki says, it's about who? He who remains? No, Loki, it's about Loki. TV shows are character driven. It's always about who's driving the story forward. I like that it began with the classification between science and fiction and then culminated to who toward the end. The five W's and one H of writing. I've heard even Pixar follows this format. Loki says, I can rewrite the story. Loki time slips and reappears back at the TVA. It's the moment when Obi watches Timely walk down the stairs to fix the loom. The end credits begin. Over the end slate, Brad's voice from the Zaniac arcade game pours in. You died. Insert your coin, loser. Well, Loki will continue to insert coins until he wins. I really liked this episode. It was exciting. The writing was terrific. Let's see how the finale turns out. You can listen to The Awesome Pod Mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts and Good Pods. If you like what I'm doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash awesomepodmix. Thanks for listening.